0: Yeah. And everything I said is factually supported. And we both agree on most of it. Everything. It's worth worth noting that these aren't necessarily my opinions, it's more just uh thoughts. Like I'm I wouldn't say that I particularly care one way or the other about gun control or uh you know, anything really, I guess. I'm starting to realize how crazy some of the stuff I've just said probably sounds. It's a- oh, like, right-wing nationalist psycho. Just blame it on the do. I, I don't usually do do, like, late at night during the week, but it's break. And, yeah. I don't, if, if you're involved in a school shooting, you should probably run. That's, you know. Welcome to Landline Podcast. I'm a professional
1: voiceover artist that Alex could never have actually gotten, unless I was his friend from 10 years ago. Good morning, Landline listeners. Happy Tuesday. It's Landline. Today we've got a little gun control conversation with Max the Marine, sandwiched between two food topics, Poke Bowls in Vermont, and delivery services in Portland. Enjoy the show. Landline.
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: It's going great now that you're on the phone. Thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, no problem.
1: How's your How's your sound? Can you hear me okay?
0: Yeah, I can hear you fine. You
1: sound great. Well, joining us from the sheets in the greater Greensboro, North Carolina, metropolitan region. Joining us not because he likes to podcast, but because he simply wants to talk to somebody on the phone. It's Marine Max. Max, how are you doing tonight?
0: Good. Just picked up a uh, Diet Dew. So,
1: On tap or plastic bottle, 16 ounce? What are we talking?
0: Yeah, just regular 16 ounce bottle. DMD.
1: What's DMD?
0: Diet Mountain Dew. Oh, sorry.
1: Well, how's Sheets doing these days?
0: It's good. It's uh, kind of slow tonight, I guess. I don't know why. Um, but, yeah, it's um, just normal, normal sheets.
1: All right, well, we're going to get back to the tradition of me reading something I wrote to start the show. I've strayed from it a little bit, but um, I thought you'd be a good partner to go through some of my past writing with. You have a unique perspective on my psychosis. Yeah, So quick backstory, one of the things I do is I move across the country, so went to college in Washington, D.C., Madison, Wisconsin, New York City, dropped out for a year to live in Burlington, Vermont. Then after that, lived in New York City, Bend, Oregon, uh, Waitsfield, Vermont, Portland, Oregon, Watertown, Massachusetts, and Portland, Oregon. That's all since 2006. So I've traveled around a fair amount.
0: Yeah, you move like a serial killer moves.
1: <laughs> it's true. Although, don't they like to get caught? So sometimes they'll like stay in their zone to to sort of tease the police. At least in in the case of the Zodiac killer. So yeah, as portrayed by Jake Gyllenhaal, etc. In that movie.
0: Okay, yeah, I mean, he didn't. Play the killer, he's no, the uh, reporter. I think. Yeah, exactly.
1: the The photojournalist, or no, he's a cartoonist. Yeah. Anyways, so one of the things I do, one of the things I actually use the internet for that I like is to be able to like voyeuristically look back at the last town I was in, or the last few towns I was in, and see how like the ski report is, or wonder if some restaurant I hated went out of business, or see you know how the Spring sap season is going at the sugar houses, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the papers I always go to is the seven days, which is the giveaway paper in Burlington. Um, And I don't know, Max, how you sort of quantify these papers or qualify them. But to me, it's like the giveaway arts and entertainment guide that exists in the like burrito store and at the, like, brewery door in one of those wire racks. Like, what would you call those? They're not tabloids, but in some towns they're kind of important. Does Greensboro have one of those?
0: Yeah, we have, like, a million of them. Um, they're, uh, I don't know how i describe them, but they're just sort of local flair. They usually have, like, a theme, though, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it depends. The The Seven Days in Burlington is, like, the alternative to the Burlington Free Press. It's and they they aim to do some like bernie centered real journalism and like they'll blow the lid off like a tax evasion scandal in the state trooper department or something like that. They try to do a little bit of investigative Did journalism. talk
0: about Bernie Sanders' wife bankrupting that school she ran.
1: Yeah, how how tuned into that story have you been?
0: Not much. I just caught snippets of it
1: they're definitely into that. They've got, you know, they've gone for like the Vermont Journalism Award on that story for sure. So, and somehow came out pro Bernie. So anyways, I saw this adverti- or I saw this uh this article in the Seven Days about a month ago that was kind of on its rotating menu of stories in the top right-hand corner that said Poke Bowls coming to Williston or Poke Bowls coming to Williston. So I it's,
0: forgot that we it, were going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, so
1: it's, it's, you know, a poke bowl is like raw tuna served fresh with sesame oil and sesame seeds and scallions and maybe some lemon or ginger, probably not, maybe some mirin rice wine. It's a Hawaiian dish is my understanding, and it's a way to serve really fresh like sashimi grade tuna in a different format besides sushi. It's like a hearty bowl with rice and maybe some fresh vegetables.
0: I've actually... It's funny that this whole thing came up recently because I've actually been, like, super into the poke bowl um, of late because they sell them at Harris Teeter right by my house. They're not particularly authentic, but uh, they're pretty tasty. All
1: right, so what? It, what it's tuna. Like, do you know what kind of fish it is and what's in there and how much are you paying for it? Because all those details are... Pretty key in my story. Yeah,
0: I want to say there's three flavors, and they're in the sushi section at Teeter. And there's one that's tuna uh, mixed with the imitation crab meat, which is what I usually get. And then there's one I think that's just salmon. And then there was one that just says it's a poke bowl, and I don't know what kind of meats in it, but they're all pretty tasty.
1: So this is good. So one of our one of our friends. Contacted me this uh, this week and said, Make make sure you continue to have people who disagree with you on the show. And you and I couldn't disagree more about Poke Bowls. Um, <laughs> you know, Poke Bowls to me should be like a sexual experience. The fish is so fresh. Something where you are on, you know, a beautiful coastal landscape and the, there's so much fresh fish, there's such an abundance of. Perfect, um, you know, freshly caught that day, not full of mercury, full of, like, beautiful salt water and other. Like little
0: bits of sea salt getting in in the food.
1: Exactly. And like little cute fish that were also totally fresh and completely, you know, living away, living in some sort of marine ecology environment. Anyways. Yeah. There's such a glut of it that they can't even get rid of it in sushi rolls and they can't cook enough of it. So they had to come up with a different format for you know, delivering it to the masses. And in a traditional poke bowl, there's a lot of fish. So it's a good way to get rid of a shitload of fish at a probably a pretty good price when it's overabundant and everyone wants to feel that clean, natural feeling of eating something so good that you can eat it raw. So
0: Yeah, a lot of protein too.
1: So there's nothing further from that than the Harris Teeter in Greensboro. You live in a <laughs> landlocked state that is, you know, thousands of uh,
0: landlocks? What are you talking about? We have a giant coast.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. But you're on you aren't isn't Greensboro in either in the center. You're in a landlocked area of North Carolina. Am I wrong?
0: Yeah, I'm probably three hours from the beach.
1: Well, none of the fish that are coming out from Nag's head are are pokey fish, from my understanding. I don't know. Are they doing a lot of tuna fishing? You know, off the outer banks, I, I don't. I think the
0: water is too warm. I think. Let's see, North Carolina commercial fishing, I think, is mostly like shrimps, scallops, stuff like that. You, warm water. Remember fish. that I was, I did a brief stint as a commercial fisherman for five weeks.
1: Yeah, we should talk about that.
0: Yeah, I fell off the boat. It sucked. Okay, um, so
1: so let me get through this just because, not because that's not good content, but because I probably need to keep to some sort of format to keep people listening, so... Yeah. So the Poke Bowl. So I see this this puff piece in seven days and and it's got what I found out to be a stock photograph that I guarantee was taking in some L.A. studio. I once saw like a shitty Canadian television show on PBS or the Create channel that showed how food was styled in photo shoots and it's like covered in corn syrup and all that bullshit. But that doesn't matter. So it's basically a puff piece on how there's going to be a new restaurant opening. And the owner, whose name I won't say out loud, said in his first quote, my wife and I have been together for seven years, for six years. We've been working on developing a restaurant plan. And then it explains what pokey is. Sliced raw fish, often tuna with seasoning. As as pokey bowls have gained in popularity, their ingredients have changed and expanded, as you can see with the fake crab at the Harris Teeter and you know this restaurant's going to reflect those innovations okay so you know they've got snack sizes 7.99 big enough to share 15.99 blah 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 so then there's a comments area of seven days and at this point when i post no one has commented and i just say to myself because i'm angry and because i'm landline and because i want to start like standing up for myself i'm going to Create an account and I'm going to comment because poke bowls in the center of northern Vermont are are what make me want to jump off a bridge. So,
0: so how would how would you rate how much this bothers you on like a personal scale?
1: I mean, pretty high, because here's the thing. You know, let's get back to the root of what I was doing, which is looking longingly at a state that I thought I wished I could live in if I could somehow convince my wife that Vermont was a good fit because it could go back to my roots and everything would be quaint and normal and, you know, and and New England the way that I I thought it should be. So on one level, it, it bothered me in general, like the poke and Harris teeter bothers me. But then it's like these are my people fucking this up in a way that really offends me. So starting to see, like, your own political party basically side against you on an issue that you feel very strongly about. Um, and then I hated that this is what the journalism was talking about. You know, this, like, 63-year-old author, Sally Pollack, Sally at 7 She's She's not too good to be contacted by landline listeners. She just wanted to write like a little something so that she could get paid for another article that got a bunch of hits. And, you know, in an absence of any sort of quality journalism, you wish that some of these local papers would, you know, sink their teeth into some topics other than how flash frozen farm salmon is going to get shipped on a diesel truck to southern Burlington to get served in a bowl to people who have no idea what it is. Um But anyways, I mean, how mad do I sound?
0: Pretty upset. You you seem pretty worked up. So
1: I wrote a comment. And and my comment is what I'm going to read.
0: Did you like think about whether or not you should comment? Or was it just you were like, this is going to happen no matter what? I can't help myself. I need to lay into these people.
1: Well, okay. So yes, of course I did. And it's a great question because I myself have started a restaurant concept, which was actually a pizza trailer, which I called a cart to make it sound more professional. But I towed around a brick, brick oven on wheels to sell thin crust pizzas at events. And that's way more embarrassing than opening a restaurant. And I know how one negative comment in a really small community like Burlington where people actually read the giveaway paper can be the difference between life and death for a new restaurant. So I, I mean, my fellow man came into consideration, but I mean, that's where my core of, of care really got the better of me. I care more about the health of the tuna population in the, the, you know, the Atlantic ocean or wherever these are coming from, probably the Pacific, like Thailand than I do about the well-being of these 35-year-old Vermonters. Like, I hope this yeah. business fails. That's where I am politically at this point. Businesses like I mean, this... it's sort
0: of a slap in your face also. And let's not count out that maybe they did open the restaurant knowing that it would bother you.
1: <laughs> it's true. We shouldn't discount that. And they knew I was the only one who would... I mean, so no comments, right? Okay, so here we go. Let me read it out loud. My. My uh, my username was UV Alex, like Upper Valley Alex. The area Max and I grew up in is called the Upper Valley, and I thought I could—they would never know that I was on thirty-five hundred miles away commenting on this pokey restaurant concept in Williston if I made a UV Alex name.
0: But also, the Upper Valley is sort of like the snobs of Vermont, New Hampshire. True, more or less.
1: True. So I wanted to be a
0: snob. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure this comment is not going to change their opinion.
1: This is the epitome of food culture gone wrong. (laughs) None of the ingredients of a poke bowl are native to Vermont, nor a step in the right direction for food sustainability. Tuna served at scale with pineapple? (laughs) Reject this idea, Vermonters. Get Pokey on a California vacation and demand ethics with your creativity. Pokey is a fad and one that should stay in locations that can produce it sustainably. (laughs) So there's also the ability to like or dislike comments. That Obviously, that set off a, a complete chain of disagreement, which I will read out loud to the group. But... Just so you know, Max, to update, because I know I've sent you this link, we're now at 10 likes and 105
0: dislikes. Yeah, I think I I was one of the dislikes.
1: I think Gabe was, and I think Saul and Tim were as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the misuse of poke bowls has got to be one of the biggest issues of our time. (laughs) And it's, it's time that somebody said something about it. So, and then we have a, quote, national conversation about it.
1: So, of course, the next three comments, I think, are from, like, the owner, his wife, and somebody's mother because they, they need to, like, you know, clean up the mess that I've created. And, and by the way, I, I checked back, like, every few hours on seven days, and this became, like, the most trending article on the, uh, on the entire site, which I love. Yeah. You know, f- very refreshing to see a local family owned restaurant. As a Hawaiian, I'm really excited to see authentic pokey restaurant open up in this area. I'd r- encourage that all the
0: person's a real Hawaiian. Like maybe they have a one great grandparent that is sort of Samoan.
1: And and yeah. Why would any Hawaiian move to Vermont?
0: Yeah, good question. I don't think any of them do.
1: I love Pokey. I can't wait to be able to enjoy this. Welcome, welcome. Any non-chain restaurant. Now, I want to talk about that, too, because that's where kind of, you know, my, my, uh, my wires cross. And that's what the questions that you were asking, blah, blah, blah. I'm thrilled, locally owned and operated. And then this is the one that I wanted to read to you, Max. I don't know if you saw this one. I think I might have mentioned it to you, but. He does the, like, at UV Alex. So it's like this comment is directed at you, similar to a Twitter handle. Mm -hmm. Your response is the epitome of Internet. Internet. Excuse me. I'm going to start over. It's that important. Your response is the epitome of Internet culture gone wrong. Why do you feel the need to blast something with such negativity? I wonder if you could present your opinions in a way that would gather more support. In direct response to your first claim, I argue that although some of the ingredients are not local, they are in line with a healthier, low, or free-of-processing additive preservative focus of recent food culture. This should be supported, especially in light of the current choices in Williston. So,
0: (coughs) the yin to your yang.
1: And then this is where they slam...
0: to your Los Angeles.
1: They slam me the guy, that guy who's against the poke bowl, this is a new commenter is serving up a large bowl of white privilege stew <laughs> just let us enjoy something besides cheese and maple syrup and yes i know the poke is served with a disgusting uh, d- excuse me with a dusting of cultural appropriation but life is imperfect sometimes i don't i didn't yeah. know i didn't know my mom commented on 7 days
0: well, the the first comment that would be against here is the at the Alex one. Um, seems a little bit more thought out and better worded, and maybe you and that person could uh, have a pretty good back and forth. The white privilege one is probably just some like uber hipster that lives in Burlington and uh, is just looking for an, an internet fight.
1: So. I did like a f you know, what I did is I basically come in I came in with like rich privilege is what I came in with. All these people are eating at the equivalent of like checkers and steak and shake, although that's not what's going on up there. It's probably Applebee's and I'm trying to think of like what are what, what are northern Vermont chains?
0: Out- friendlies maybe?
1: Yep, nice. Um the ninety nine restaurant based out of Boston. Yeah. There's probably a shorty's there. Before, yeah, when, uh, I
0: love shorties.
1: Margaritas. So so they're just looking for some, like, non-saturated fat content brought to them in a, you know, non-national chain environment. And in a way, I've attacked them needlessly. But <laughs> I feel that I need to, like, require more. If you're starting a restaurant or any business in 2018... I think that environmental sustainability and understanding, like, the entire supply chain impact of your decisions with the business you're starting is, to me, required. And any idea that doesn't consider those things is a miss. And that's why I wrote that. Um, You You uh, should
0: definitely engage both those people with comments and, uh, you know, give back. Or fight back, so to speak.
1: So what do I do? I, like, continue this conversation and continue to ruin these people's lives? Like, think how much better they're sleeping one month after my comment when when I haven't come back to point out that yellowfin tuna... And bluefin tuna are the, like, two of the most endangered fish on the planet listed by the Monterey Bay, Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch, which I have in my hand, as fishes, <laughs> fishes to avoid. That they're full of mercury because all of the fish on the top of the food chain have been eating the smaller fish that's full of mercury. And that basically, like, our ocean is out of fish. This is something I've always wanted to scream at people. The ocean is out of fish. There are no more fish that are okay to eat. We need 10 years off the ocean. All the fish that are in Harris Teeter are grown in te- like net tanks off the coast of Chile and New Brunswick, Canada and fed corn pellets that's grown in Iowa, turned into fish food and shipped there. It's horrible for the environment. It's creating all this it's disease.
0: Grown in like uh Philippines or Indonesia. Yeah.
1: All right, so I know you don't give a shit about any of this, so I mean, feel free to just lead us
0: elsewhere. Well, I or... would say you know maybe don't uh don't keep piling on the restaurant because that is like you said, sort of you're sort of attacking your own clan there and maybe there's bigger enemies like the local Applebees that you could attack um, but as far as the two people who commented directly against you you you've gotta stand up for yourself. I would say. Just one night when you're, you know, don't have anything going on the next day. Maybe you have like four or five shots of uh, whiskey and start commenting. And then uh, just keep going for the rest of the night. See what happens.
1: And have like a seven days comments manifesto by the end of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, do you think sometimes they print the best online comment in the print edition the next week? I really want to contact some of my if anyone in Burlington is listening and there should be, please find the the seven days from the week after that comment. It would be like the second week in February and see if I'm there and if I am, please frame it and send it to me express.
0: Well you could call the newspaper and tell them what happened and ask if uh, I don't know there's been if anybody's been talking about it. I'm sure they've been I'm sure it was brought up at some point the next day in like their office.
1: I do too, and I, I do think that it will have a long-term effect on the success of that restaurant, whether I wanted it to or not.
0: Now, what what's your like mental image of these people who commented against you?
1: <laughs> well, the, the not the restaurant owners, but the people who commented against me. Yeah. Um, I think it's like forty-three-year-old administrative types. Uh, an administrative woman who works in like a sheet metal fabrication factory or <laughs> some sort of healthcare position. And she like.
0: Fa- a healthcare administrator. Fa-
1: yeah, she fancies herself like a food critic.
0: Um but she's lo- egregiously overweight.
1: I would say not
0: like egregiously.
1: I mean, I think there's that, but I think she probably is just like. She goes to the cheese festival. Let's put it that way. So, I mean, she's not, you know, but she also, she gets out. What we love about her is that she's out at the events. She, she's definitely, you know, you can, you can rely on her to buy the like, uh, Lake Champlain beer festival tokens six months ahead of time and get some of that revenue in (laughs) so that, you know, the office staff's payroll is met. But, um, so I think there's that person. I think that some of the people who who were disliking me were me living in Burlington, who just have a little bit less of this, like, haughtiness around what is proper food. I think, you know, it would be interesting. So, I mean, to...
0: you, 10 years ago, probably didn't think as much about, like, the food supply chain. So I... they're just not there yet. They will be,
1: though. And do you, you said to me in a text message, yes, I do send texts that fish are stupid animals and that we shouldn't be feeding them all that mercury anyway. They don't deserve it. So I said that. Yeah, you did. Do you feel, I mean, do you give a shit? Like when you, you are into health and wellness and fitness, but. You just don't see there being an issue with, like, eating that poke next time you're in Harris Teeter. It's just not part of, like, your personal dashboard of of interests.
0: Um, yeah, that's a, a fair assessment. I mean, I, I certainly agree that there probably is a lot of unhealthy stuff in these, like, mass-produced uh, foods. But... <clears throat> I'm probably more focused on just eating a lot of veggies and not too many carbs. So.
1: All right. Well, that's the story. So you think I should get nuts. You should, you think that the landline listeners want to hear the, the retort and, and then the, the impending sort of like aftermath of whatever comment I make.
0: I think if you don't respond, that's the first step down a road that five years from now ends with you uh, managing a Chili's in White River.
1: <laughs> uh, I would be so good at that job. That's the irony. Yeah. And I just like All those,
0: lo- like report sheets. Oh God. And like calling food suppliers.
1: <laughs> oh man. Well, something it's something tactile to do, and it gets you away from the internet, which is pretty nice.
0: Yeah, it's probably mostly online now, anyway. Landline!
1: To listen to your messages, press... First skipped voice message sent Saturday, March 3rd at 12 a.m. Butt dial, definitely. Dick dial. It's a new thing. They're doing it at the bars these, t- these days. Message skipped. Next skipped voice message. Sent Saturday, March 3rd at 9.13 a.m.
0: Hi, Alex. It's Tim and Saul. Uh, we've got a bit of a situation here. Give us a call. We need your advice.
1: You're listening to Landline. Do you want to uh, talk about your reaction to the Parkland shooting?
0: Oh yeah, like um, we were going over that before.
1: I mean, we don't have but... to. I'm just saying. I mean, that's. Do you want like we've we talked? Could. I mean, we... it'll
0: probably make for like interesting pod.
1: Okay. All right. So, uh, or did you watch the Oscars? There's that too. Uh,
0: I watched a little bit of it. I didn't. I didn't. Uh... I only watched about half of it because we went to Hams and we went to Sheets and got a bunch of candy and we missed a bunch and we watched some recorded Jeopardies, so we missed about half of it.
1: All right. Well, we, we we won't go there go there either. All right. So last time you were on the pod, we had a little bit of a conversation about gun control, and you really tried to. Uh you know, nail home the point that the government is not necessarily a entity that you can trust in the long run um, and that, you know, not having guns could prove to be problematic um, for the people who feel that they need to protect themselves. And yeah. si- I mean, it's
0: worth worth noting that these aren't necessarily my opinions. It's more just uh, thoughts. Like, I'm, I wouldn't say that I particularly care one way or the other about gun control or uh, you know anything really I guess
1: you were in the marines though and now you're in the national guard so you fired more guns than most of the people listening to this show that's for sure um, so you get to have a little bit of an opinion more so than people who are just reading one newspaper or another and deciding that whatever they think is whatever their politicians think um, yeah.
0: probably shot safe to say I've shot more than the two people who commented on the pokey thing against
1: you. <laughs> so, so you were just saying to me before the show that you basically, well, I mean, what do you think? Like, do you think assault weapons should still be like, what do you think to all these kids response to the assault weapons issue marching on the Capitol? You know, the liberal press is loving it. Um, yeah. I, I think oh. it's great that they're standing up for something, but, um, you're, you you do not think it's so cut and
0: dry. Yeah, I mean, probably not surprising to you. I don't particularly put a whole lot of stock in what, like, a bunch of, uh, Jesus, this car just almost, uh, ran into my car. Um, I'm parked, like, right by the, uh, air pump, so all these people have to go around me to pump air in their car. Um, Landline. Yeah, not surprising to you. i probably don't super agree with, uh, what all these, uh, left-wing high school students think, but... You know, like every basically every left wing argument, it's totally emotionally driven and super impractical. They've latched on to this one image which is the AR platform rifle, the AR fifteen, and you know, that's sort of their uh that's what they are totally railing against now, even though in Maybe it's not a particularly good pod to go into, like, the tactics of how to shoot kids in a classroom, but you certainly don't need an AR-15 to be an effective school shooter. That kid in uh, Virginia Tech who shot all those kids uh, just had a pistol. So to get all bent out of shape about this one type of gun is pretty childish, I think. And, yeah, it probably—school shooters would be, I'm sure, a little less effective— Um, if they didn't have ARs, but it probably wouldn't be, you know, that much less, that much, you know, less effective and they probably wouldn't be that much more effective if they did have the AR granted, I guess you're talking about a few more kids that wouldn't get shot. So maybe it is worthwhile. Um, yeah, I think it's just sort of childish to, uh, to just be railing against this one type of gun when it's not the type of gun that's That's the problem. It's the fact that people now seem to think that their problems are so important that it's okay for them to shoot up a school.
1: Man, that is a really smart point that I feel is being under-discussed right now. Why do these... Uh, Oh, yeah. Why are these men young men I mean that's who it is it's young men every time unless it's like that crazy guy in Vegas but at school shootings it's young men Yeah. why are they so bent out of shape I mean what
0: well you know maybe uh, Mitch would be a good person to ask is a uh, a therapist of sorts I don't know what his official title is but you know certainly knows about the human psyche and the, the condition um, but I would guess that It's, you know, in the last however many years, but there's so much more importance on the individual and individual's feelings that now, you know, these kids think that since they've been wronged, you know, whatever the case may be, that their feelings are so important that they need to go ahead and just start shooting people to uh, punish everybody else for what's happened
1: to that or get get attention at least right i mean there's an there's an element of just like you're going to pay attention to me now
0: yeah probably i i do part of it
1: and and then you know you look at like not this isn't always the case and i'm not an expert in school shooting so this is definitely a sensitive topic but you know th- this kid's dad died in front of him and maybe he was brought in by some woman who wasn't related to him and you know he had all these calls to the police and the fbi were notified um there's bad parenting going on at some level. Um or not? I don't know. Like there's isn't the selfishness you're describing describing and the sort of like self-involvement you're describing also an effective tool at creating all these problems from like a parenting level as well? Like is there a lot of listening going on? Is there a lot of in tune parenting? Are people actually paying attention to the ways that their kids are acting. Are their kids just, like, playing video games and looking at their cell phone and walking to school with their headphones on and, like, getting out of having to sit down for dinner and getting out of to answering questions in full sentences? Nobody has to, like, yeah. you know, well, go ahead. But, you know, again, we joke around about how no one has to call each other's landlines and say, like, may I please speak to anymore?" But that is a little bit of a signifier of how these kids can just, like, float around like sharks swim around like sharks without anyone ever really knowing, like, how dangerous they are.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to to find out, like, how much all this uh, electronic stimulation and technology and how you can sort of disconnect from the real world and just sort of totally envelop yourself in the electronic world, how much that plays into uh, people just turning into total little psychos, you know? Because, you know, when we were kids, you're more or less talking, A, to each other, and B, to grown-ups constantly. Like, got to talk to teachers all day at school, have to talk to your friends' parents, have to talk to your parents. It's like if you, you know, wanted to go, like, smoke weed or something, you also had to deal with pretending that you hadn't smoked weed when you talked to, like, two or three different friends' parents afterwards. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Little weirdos now don't have to do any of that probably.
1: And that's actually a really good way to learn how to function in society when you're fucked up, which it turns out you're going to be like 20% of the social, you know, 80% of the social occasions that you, you know, have at least after dark, after five o'clock or on Saturdays. But I
0: think also I could be totally wrong. I think a lot of these mass shooters also are pretty pumped full of like prescription drugs. I don't know about that, but I think I read that somewhere, and it would make sense. They have, you know, painkillers, antidepressants, anti-anxiety, whatever the case may be, which that in itself probably is hindering their, you know, their natural development and how to deal with things that, you know, upset you or make you nervous. Plus, like, just biochemically probably makes you a little crazy when you have a crap load of drugs in your system all the time.
1: So... You know, in two things I want to bring up. One is comparing it to uh, the high school we went to. So in ninth grade, everyone had mandatory gym in ninth grade in our school. But then things sort of changed. You had to do some sort of activity. But like sometimes you could do like woodworking and that would get you out of gym or like chorus would get you out of gym. So which I was in. So but in ninth grade, it was mandatory. And one of the major units, because that's what they were called in in our high school, was badminton. And yeah. we learned how to play badminton, which you know, in retrospect, was pretty smart, right? Everyone, y- you know, unisex is fine. Net two rackets, like not necessarily like a running thing, more of an individual thing, but like a constant input. You're not standing out like in left field at a softball game. Like you, can't, every single point you have an opportunity to hit the birdie or the shuttlecock. Yeah. So. We then had a tournament at the end of the unit. So let's say this was like we started in September and the end of the unit is like, you know, the week before Thanksgiving. And um, we all played an elimination tournament and two people became the like two finalists of the class-wide badminton uh, contest. And all the kids got to come to the final, girls' final and boys' final, in the yeah. gym. And we all came and cheered. in the on TV. What, like closed circuit? Oh, CATV?
0: Yeah, well, it was on, like, channel... Six. Five or, yeah, channel six, whatever it was. The local, the super local free TV.
1: Community access. Yeah. So, the way that the net was set up, instead of, like... It was like tennis, where the best seats are... Well, the best seats would have been on the end, but everyone had to crane their necks left and right to watch the shuttlecock. clock. Let's put it that way. So the 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 stadium was set up parallel to the um to the bleachers. And so we could all no, pick- no,
0: no, that's wrong. It was perpendicular. Yeah, it was perpendicular.
1: But didn't we all choose to sit on one side? Do you remember that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but the the net was like all right, so you know where the home bench was for the basketball game? Yes. This is, this is such good podcasting, by the way. So this is. The home bench, it was on that side. So, like, where we would have sat for the as the home team fans um, for the basketball games, that's where they set up the nets, but the players were standing basically perpendicular to us. So we're watching.
1: Yeah, side to side.
0: No. So was it like a dick
1: coming out of a waist with the nets, or was it like the opposite?
0: The nets were going, were were going running long ways, like the length of the court, and so the players, like one player was on the side of the home team bleachers, and the other player on the other side, of the net was on the side of like the home team bench.
1: Okay, well that I forgot that, but somehow we all. I guess it was just with our cheering. We all cheered for one kid. That's the point. We, we yeah. all were basically. Remember we that we weren't bullying. It was Trevor and Kyle, and we weren't. Yeah. We weren't right. bu- bullying Kyle, were we? We were just like sort of being mean to him because he had become a popular prick who had. Uh, he had sort of. He had peaked in eighth grade with girls and sports, and then everyone turned against him. Actually, a bad kid in our class got everyone to turn against him and basically probably started calling him a pussy, and everyone... Yeah,
0: I don't remember exactly. That's sort of an interesting thing, looking back on it. He did have, Kyle did have kind of a pretty significant downfall in popularity between, from like the end of ninth, eighth grade to the end of ninth grade, he went from being certainly one of the most popular kids to being pretty unanimously disliked, I don't remember him actually doing anything to deserve that. I don't. I don't. I never had any issue with him. I think I was kind of friends. Well, with him, but, he, uh,
1: he we had we were we're from two different towns and our schools got together in seventh grade. And you know, to even add the 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 pod the level of the pod, because I actually think specifics, even if they don't know these people, is better. That the reason that he stopped being cool was because all of us um had had like 6 years of him being the coolest one. You had just met him, you know, 2 years earlier. He had been yeah. the best sport. He had been the kid who cried during sports if he didn't <laughs> get his way and he'd like sort of freaked out at the end of sports. So he was an easy target, but the, the listen, the point is this, every single person in the entire gymnasium rooted for one kid and we booed the other kid.
0: And yeah it was it was worse than that from what I remember I think kids were actually pretty mean like shouting stuff at Kyle calling him uh, gay slurs and that's when I don't know if you remember but that's when uh, the gym teacher who I guess I we won't use his name in case he's listening I'm sure he is um, totally freaked out and screamed at the whole uh, the whole like bleachers to uh, not be mean to Kyle.
1: So Kyle ended up losing, didn't he and uh and he did he he lost and he cried, and he was in private school six months later um he left the school and you know I think he's probably a totally normal reasonable guy he tried to be my friend on linkedin um and that I am on linkedin it's big big uh sort of shouldn't have told the cr- this crowd anyways. By the way, call the landline if you want to get in on this conversation five oh three eight nine four eighty four eighty Leave a message and tell us whether you're in favor of supermarket pokey and why and if you had bad men in your uh high school class so that Kyle didn't shoot up the school. That was like the, what I, the whole long stupid story was trying to be an example of how, like we knew what it was like to be mean to kids. We knew what it was like to have them have to go away. And there was some level of him just realizing that like he got the short end of the stick and everyone had been a complete dick to him, but he would have to find a different path in a different school with different people. And maybe sometime, 15 years from now when he ran into somebody on main street outside the bar, they would say, Hey man, how's it going? But he didn't need to like go get an arsenal and like crank bullets through the school. So is that like an age thing? Is that a a time period thing? Is that just like a Florida thing? Like what the fuck?
0: Well, it seems to be pretty ubiquitous all over the country now. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, like I was saying before, I mean, we we can theorize but we don't really know what's causing it but i would get i mean it seems hard to believe that it doesn't have to do with sort of the idea that uh every individual is more important than they actually are and probably just crap load of prescription drugs
1: and so where are you now with like the fact that people don't want guns to be as readily available like do you respect their opinions in that regard maybe they are misplacing all of their resentment towards the AR platform as you described it but you know do you you get why the mothers of 16 year olds like don't want guns to be acquired by people that are like so off the deep end
0: yeah I mean sort of uh, well let's see yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a, a fairly sound argument. If we didn't have guns around, then chances are there wouldn't be any school shootings. understand that. I think it's not very realistic to think that we'll get rid of guns completely, or even, have, you know, I don't think we will ever make any legitimate dents in the amount of guns in the U.S., um, nor do I particularly think that is a good idea, although... There probably would be a lot less shooting, so maybe it is a good idea um what I was saying before is that it's a little unnerving that, like all these uh kids now are protesting and their automatic setting is uh that they should embrace this left wing ideology of we need to get rid of all these guns, and the n r a is evil and uh, Republican uh, politicians taking all the money from the NRA is the root cause of the problem. And what I was saying before is that I think that in 1985, that most likely would not have been the response from high school students. You know, like the, the kids who went on to become the Wolverines who fought the Russians when they invaded in Red Dawn would not have freaked out and started protesting against the NRA. They would have said, hey, you know, let's go ahead and start fighting back against these people. And then when I sort of, I guess, maybe went off the bend a little bit before, when I was talking about how we're not going to be able to win any more wars. But I do think that that is true, that we're sort of going down this path where it's become virtuous for kids to basically be total pussies And eventually, we're probably going to have a gigantic war, and we're probably going to lose it, because everybody in our country is going to be basically a total pussy. The best thing to do during a school shooting is to fight back against the shooter. Obviously, it's not easy to do, but if everybody immediately tackled the person, there would be very few people actually getting shot.
1: Well, do you think that that's a realistic expectation of what people are going to do when they see someone pull out an assault rifle? Like, obviously, their fight or flight reaction takes over, and they choose what they their brain chooses what they deem to be the the easiest way to escape the situation. I mean, they're not yeah, like militarily I, I cha- trained.
0: I think that it's probably not realistic now. But again, to use my Red Dawn analogy, which obviously is a movie. But I do think that those kids, that that is realistic, that that's what teenagers were like back then. I think that those kids would have fought back against somebody shooting up their school. Yeah. And regardless of is that realistic, that's the best course of action. That's what you should do. And I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I think in 1950, do you think that kids would have would have hit under death to the level that they do now? Probably not.
1: Yeah, but you're. I mean, the, the guns that they have now are like the equivalent of like a bazooka ray gun from like a Superman comic. I mean, one of the things I always said I wanted to do was have a YouTube video where you put someone loading like a, a muzzle loader black powder musket in a split screen with someone that has an AR15 and and figure out how many bullets that person can fire off. The laws were written, the second amendment laws were written when guns could fire once every 90 seconds, not, you know, 90 every second. So I I don't know, I'm not I am not fully in favor of banning all machine guns out of hand because I think if you look at the situation in Syria uh, Syria and in Myanmar and then you know all these places, Turkey, where dickhole, uh, you know, dictators, dickhole dictators are just oppressing people with government weapons, and they have no chance at defending themselves. That that's an illustration of how governments always don't work out for the people, and the people having firepower to protect themselves does make sense. But you know, I think you're being a little bit off the rails with. Everyone's a pussy now. Um, the, the, certainly, the the Hollywood version of what a high schooler was like in 1986 in a pro-America, anti-Russia film is different from like the transgender, you know, coming out story that probably won three Oscars last night. Um, in terms of what the national cultural representation of ourselves is and you know i would say a lot of people think that that's a good thing but you know fighting the an incoming russian tank army is different than having someone pull out a gun during science class like they were able to like able to batten down the hatches or whatever the term is and figure out what they were going to do and wait for the attack and then like you know make a counter attack that's not the situation in these so
0: russians did initially attack the school. You're forgetting that part. And I think that they did sort of fight back as much as they could initially before they went to the hills.
1: So what about arming teachers? Are you in favor of that?
0: Uh, No, I mean, I'm not... I don't think it'll make a whole lot of difference. I don't think it'll cause any problems necessarily. Again, it's, it's an emotionally driven, childish argument. People don't like that, so they're against it. But they're not against it for any particularly good reason because there aren't really any, negative, any negatives to it besides the fact that people just don't like it.
1: And wh- how do you fix people thinking that they're so important to the level where they think it's like appropriate that they shoot a bunch of people?
0: Uh, I think everybody should just... I mean, maybe it would take a a couple of generations, but uh, just constantly telling people that they're not important, I think, would be the way to do it.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, that's what was going on in the 50s, right? I mean, that's how everyone was told for generations. Yeah. Well, how do you think this factors into our global political dominance right now? I mean, there's an article out in, God, I've said I mean so many times in this podcast. It's like straight out of, like, New York City valley girl it's the worst um ch- turns out china is going to make a big push now like trump is kind of isolating us it seems like on a daily basis and europe is you know shot all their guns hundreds of years ago basically and uh russia is broke putin would love to be in charge but i'm not sure he's got the uh resources right now and he certainly doesn't have the trading partners to be able to move enough units and and build up his economy. So that kind of leaves China as the, the, you know, the extensive international power that's in South America and Africa building dams and building mines and, you know, selling them shit they don't need, food, plastic, tires, whatever it is.
0: Farmed fish.
1: Farmed fish. So where are we, like... Well, they're
0: probably... uh, You know, I don't know. I don't know any Chinese people, but they're probably looking at how celebrated these kids are by our media. And I'm sure most people in the country and saying, yeah, we're not going to have to worry about these people too much 30 years from now because they're all going to be super soft and not going to want to fight. And we can just bully everybody in the world and nobody's going to do anything about it.
1: So you see no... no.
0: Admittedly, yes, that is sort of a psycho uh, outlook to have, but I think it's pretty realistic.
1: Well, you don't see...
0: If we're not in charge, there's going to be a power vacuum, and it's not going to be filled by Norway or Sweden. It's going to be filled by Russia or China or Iran. I mean, if you look at the Middle East right now, Iran is basically filling the power vacuum and not in a good way.
1: So... So That's likely, you, what's going to happen? You don't believe at all in the strength of protest or in people coming together to have one voice against something they believe in, and the you know in the history of the civil rights and anti-Vietnam and all of those different social political movements. You don't think these kids have any strength by walking out of their school and going to you know the state? No, camp I, and, oh,
0: I think they have a lot of strength, which is which is going to sort of the scary part is that they're they're probably going to further this road that we're going down of being sort of conflict-avoiding sissies.
1: So what would the National Guard teach them to do?
0: The Guard, we don't really do much. We just go sit in the woods for three days out of each month. But I will say, yeah, I mean, I, I am pretty left wing as far as the the social or political opinions in the guard goes
1: well i i i think people are not very proud of this country right now whatever whatever side they're on and they're not really willing to fight for it i mean the, i i do think you're right about this idea that all the conversations about how wrong we are right we we pollute too much we hate people with different skin colors we are not we, we there's we're economically disadvantaged in one area and economically you know too advantaged in another X Y Z everything's wrong Trump is president everything's awful there isn't a ton of unity around what it is we're defending I, I'm not sure that right now there's a lot of highlights of of what's so great to defend uh, and having the leader no matter what you know political side of the aisle you're on be so embarrassingly uncouth and you know, uh, well, I think
0: a lot of what people are protesting against now is sort of manufactured. I think that there's a lot of people who, um, have a very idealistic view of like the sixties and seventies and the protests that went on there. And, you know, they want to sort of live out some fantasy of having a similar similar thing to protest against and there's a lot of people who think like that and they're get together and they have a protest but i don't think that this country actually is particularly you know racist or sexist or any of these things that people are protesting against i think it's all pretty pretty manufactured or pretty uh I don't know, manufactured, I guess, for lack of a better term.
1: And you don't think, you think if like the Black Lives Matter activist was on the podcast for now, too bad he didn't call back when I left the message, that he would believe the same thing? Or you think that, do you think their concerns are valid?
0: I think that any of these um, super left-wing protesters that are smart know on some level that it's not nearly as bad as they're making it out to be. But again, they're emotionally driven, so they're letting their emotions drive how they act.
1: All right. Well, what do you think everyone should do? What's your prescription for success?
0: Um, well, you know, maybe I'm not the, the best person to be asking advice in terms of being successful, but... Um, yeah, don't think that you yourself are important because you're not for the most part. And uh, STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, it's the way to go. Art's stupid. It's the way it is. Diet do is the best. You yeah. know, well, what more do you want? Landline. I'm starting to realize how crazy some of the stuff I've just said probably sounds. It's okay. Like right wing nationalist psycho. Just blame it on the do. I'd. I don't usually do do like late at night during the week, but it's break and yeah. If if you're involved in a school shooting, you should probably run. That's you know. But. Well,
1: look. I I think you're 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 just yeah. I mean, look. What you're saying, you're representing a point of view that needs to be heard. I think the the failure you're making is connecting people. Running from a school shooting, which has to be like the worst experience of all time, and will remain that way in their entire lives forever, for them to expect to to do something right then and there is dumb. That was the dumbest thing you said. Uh, this idea that we are all so becoming so self obsessed and creating a culture of self obsessed people who feel that their feelings could be hurt to a level where they could act so inappropriately. I think you're dead right about that. And I don't think anyone's talking about it. I'm not a child psychologist, so I'm not going to suggest some sort of tough love because I don't know what's going on, but there is an element of people not discussing why behavior gets this way and why it didn't get this way in the past. And I think that drugs are a part of it too. Uh, You know, you are also a little bit of a nihilist, so maybe the frame of reference from where you're talking about this stuff is much more from someone who reads magazines at Harris Teeter and less from someone who has three kids in a high school someplace who's worried, <laughs> who's yeah, scared yeah. shitless well, about I'll agree some with that, certainly. bullied badminton loser, you know, pulling a gun.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you agree that people should focus more on science and math than art or, like, creativity, quote-unquote. Am I right?
1: I think that... the I don't understand why we had to make everyone feel so special around art. I think yeah. there, were, there were great artists, there were great musicians, there were great writers at all times throughout history... And it just so happens that they were able to make such incredible art regardless of how often they were told that every single existence and identity was just as good as the other. Um, So I think there's some truth there that we might be soft, quote unquote, but you know... Uh, no, I don't believe that science and math are just as important in art. I think everyone should do what they want, but I don't think that everyone has to be so, like, congratulated for coming up with something that they're interested in. Yeah, I, I but, I
0: mean, science and math are needed, whereas art is not needed.
1: <laughs> this, is, this is like an Adam Carolla argument, which is great. I'm not saying that you mimicked him, but this is something that he says. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, no, I mean, we disagree. We disagree about
0: that. I mean, you can't you can't disagree what i'm saying is is true it's it's un, undeniable
1: well i mean i don't love the science that's keeping a bunch of people who have not treated their bodies in a way that would extend their lives naturally alive costing all of us billions and trillions of dollars just because the science has gotten to a level where it can basically create artificial life to the benefit of the shareholders of those pharmaceutical and medical device
0: companies. Yeah. But I mean, probably like, you know, airplanes or elevators.
1: Yeah. I, I, elevators are good because they save us time.
0: I'm just saying in general, like you need, you need an engineer to build a building in order to, uh, have classes inside the building. This was sort of an argument I tried to make during one of my women's studies classes, but it didn't really go over. They were were saying basically that their classes were just as important as engineering classes. And I was saying, well, you can't really have the class unless you have the building, which is built by an engineer. Thus, the engineering is a little bit more important. Um, Yeah, no. Science and math are are more important than art. We both agree on that.
1: Yeah, but what about like when you're watching uh, Lethal Weapon. There's an example of art. Some of the greatest joy in your life comes from when you catch Fletch Lives on TNT on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Or,
0: Well, no, I mean, I've always had the caveat that I don't include uh, TV movies or non-rap music in my art doesn't matter argument. Obviously, like, TV and movies, yeah, we can't. I don't want to live in a world that doesn't have True Detective or even True Detective Two, for that matter. But and rap, so, you uh, want rap music like or
1: you don't care about rap
0: music? Not a big fan of rap. I mean, I like Tech Nine, but other than that, I'm not a huge fan. Though. Okay.
1: All right. So you and but like paint. So your your art is like paintings or uh, sculpture. You're not into that stuff.
0: Um, well, I took sculpting in college and really enjoyed it. I'm not saying that I I don't enjoy it. I'm just saying I don't place any importance on it.
1: But do you think that this yeah. kid who shot up the school was like an art room freak? I mean...
0: No, no, no. I wasn't saying that. I was just... That was a totally separate point Okay, we both agreed on.
1: I hate technology, which people know by listening to the podcast. Landline 503-894-8480. Um, and science... I am reticent to give too much credit, but I, <laughs> I, I guess that what you're saying is science is all around us in our beer and in our food and in our Teflon pans and in our cars, taking us to beautiful places. So
0: we could uh, next time you on a pod, we could talk about conspiracy stuff. I'm thinking about buying into like some conspiracy theories.
1: Like what? Give us a teaser.
0: Um, let's see, uh, I read this thing recently about the Bilderberg, what is it, Bilderberg Foundation, Bilderberg, you, have you heard of this? No. Basically, like, the, the global elites that control everything. Think thing about these conspiracy things is, like, yeah, when you hear about it, it's like, okay, well, yeah, just another crazy conspiracy theorist. But then when you read about it or watch a documentary, they all seem like super believable. So I think I'm going to start just believing those things so we could talk about that next time.
1: All right. Well, thanks for joining the pod. I felt it actually went really well. I know you might think that it's like a little low energy because you didn't do a monster. You were only on diet mountain Dew. Um, probably take out the spring break stuff. I thought that sort of, is is going to hit the cutting room floor. Sorry about that, listeners. You'll never hear it.
0: Yeah. Spring break is best left in the past.
1: And, uh, you know, other than, like, the completely insane stuff you said, your point of view on on guns is one that many Americans share. I do think that many of the people who are against guns don't Necessarily want to follow the argument all the way down to the end, which is how do we protect our against ourselves against the government? They fundamentally believe that the government won't hurt us. So
0: yeah, and everything I said is factually supported, and we both agree on most of it. Everything.
1: All right. Well, let's uh, yeah. let's and do a, Why don't we do a funny bit? It. Let's change gears to a funny bit. I thought we had some it. pretty serious everything. content there. It's good stuff. Where where are we at with the Kia Rio?
0: Rio, that's been sold for a while. Nice sold it to a, a former Contra. Wow! Didn't I tell you that?
1: No, tell us all about it.
0: Well, see, I remember hearing about or reading about the Iran Contra affair. Yes. Sort of looping back to geopolitics. Well, the guy that I sold my Kia to, we were sitting in the bank waiting to get the, uh, title notarized, I guess. And, uh, it was an older guy who was Hispanic and he had, I think his son or younger brother who spoke better English. And the son turns to me and he's like, yeah, you, you know, the Contras, like the Iran Contra affair. And I was like, yeah, sort of, you know, I've heard of it. And he pointed to the older guy and he's like, yeah, he was one of the Contras. I was like, Oh, right on. Yeah, and then where the
1: Kia went, and uh, did you get the price you wanted for it, or
0: um, what did I get? I think I got like nine hundred bucks or something. So yeah,
1: and do right. you feel it's, that you passing it on to another soldier is something that you know you felt went pretty well?
0: I was really glad to sell it to somebody who was going to pay nine hundred bucks for it. Um, he said I think he said he was going to drive it to uh, Venezuela which <laughs> is a little uh, uh, lofty in terms of goals but um, I mean it's got a leaky radiator but uh, I told him this and he was like yeah don't worry about it. He'll probably fix and I think he's fixed he the whole like thing a truck driver before so
1: He'll probably fi- rehab the entire thing for 200 bucks and be in Venezuelan, Venezuela in 10 days. Although then when he gets there, it's going to be a horrible situation if he reads the newspaper.
0: So, Yeah, no. Maybe it wasn't Venezuela. Maybe Oh, Nicaragua, I think. Somewhere really far away. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, um, I've got something here. How do you feel about delivery apps? Like, not necessarily... Domino's delivery driver, but the sort of apps that will deliver for all the restaurants that don't deliver themselves.
0: Yeah, like the people who go around wherever and bring you the food.
1: Yeah, what's your what's your what's your point of view on them? I I certainly have a point of view.
0: Um I've never used one. Um I probably wouldn't use one, but That's more just because I like to get out Get out in the world and mix it up Yes Um, So I was at Almost no delivery now that I think about it
1: So I was at Delicious Donuts On Saturday morning And I was sneaking a Tortured animal breakfast burrito Right before I went to the (laughs) supermarket To buy a bunch of local sustainable food And You know I know it to be a, a Fast shop and it was good parking So you know meeting all of my Target areas hop out of the car excited to you know when you have a child you don't get that many opportunities to be in spaces of commerce by yourself it's actually kind of exciting you don't have to worry about holding them or watching them or taking them out if they're too loud you just kind of just exist as an adult and exchange some hard-earned cash for you know uh caged eggs and gestational crate sausage so um it's taking forever to get past this one guy, this big fat guy. I know you have a lot of points of view on fat people, Max. This big fat guy is in front of me at the register, and he's got like this big bag of food. And they keep talking about stuff, and she's looking at her iPad, and he's looking at his iPhone, and they keep kind of having this low talking back and forth. And I kind of grab up next to him on the counter and listen in a little bit, and it's clear to me now what is going on. He's a contract delivery driver for. I think Caviar, which is the name of the delivery service in Portland. And, you know, it's the Uber, it's like Uber Eats before Uber Eats. It's the it's wake up hungover, do a bong hit, put on FIFA 2018 on the PlayStation 9, call up the app, order donuts from this place, a pizza from this place, and some smoothies from a third place. On your, on your iPhone, and then this asshole brings them all there, you know, free of tip, and he'll die a lonely death without health care in 18 months, and the world is a better place. So <laughs> so, anyways, uh, they can't figure it out, and he's telling—basically, the, the bottleneck is that sh- they want to change their order, but she refuses to change it until her back end of the app— Reflects what it is that they're going to actually get and pay for. And she won't release the food to him. So he's actually calling the client with his phone from over in the corner while he tries to communicate to her about what it is they want to do. And she's telling him that they need to sign out of the app and sign back in. And, you know, I'm sitting there with a nobody listens to podcast called Landline, just trying to get an egg burrito on a Saturday morning, saying to myself, what the fuck? Fuck is going on
0: here? So are the kids? Are the kids who have ordered the food? Are they now talking to the lady serving the food?
1: No, they're still talking to the intermediary, the guy with the like insulated pizza bag that has the company's name stenciled on it. That's going to bring their order to their you know brand new apartment building that has a gym on the roof. He's
0: called them IRL. In real life, he's
1: right, which is a crazy, right? This is like breaking the fourth rule of the internet.
0: Like, I, <laughs> I was gonna can't say it's sort of like breaking the fourth wall in a movie if they were talking directly to the lady.
1: Well, how about this? Why don't they call the lady? She's got a donut shop, they can find it on Google Maps, they know they're ordering from there. They can call her up on her landline in the fucking donut shop and say to her, Hi, I'm the one who's ordering through this stupid app here's what I want, here's my credit card number, run it, give it to this delivery guy. But, of course, that's not allowed because there's some sort of tech tracking on the app. A couple of 23-year-olds came up with it out of Stanford. They've got $10 million in seed funding out of Cupertino. Now everyone needs to make sure that there's no way that the egg, ham, and cheese and the raised glazed donut with jelly f- filling – doesn't get into the bag and get into the car before everyone's apps line up, and it's causing me and the two, you know, fat lady on crutches behind me to have to wait an extra five minutes for our saturated fat. I mean, can we just yeah. get some donuts here?
0: Yeah, it's a little crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's not really a, a world that I. Did I get in too much, not because I'm against it per se, just because I don't know. I've never really, really partied like that, but I could certainly see that being super annoying.
1: And of course, a second delivery man from a competing uh, from a competing company comes in while we're all waiting. So now I've got two delivery services of businesses that don't deliver food with their cars in the parking lot. I'm reading stories about how Uber is clogging clogging up city traffic. Then you've got the delivery driver, Uber. And all the while, I mean, what about just saying we don't deliver? And in fact, what about everyone who has items like donuts or burritos or hamburgers or sticks of gum or cigarettes only take cash? Why all the what it sudden did we just give up on cash? Seven years ago, everyone stopped using cash, and it makes every transaction longer. It you know prints out a million receipts. Nobody looks at each other in the eye when they're making a transaction. You just look down at that little pin pad and slide your card. How do you feel about credit cards, Max? Are you a cash guy? I bet you all you carry around is your ID and your credit card in an empty, uh, you know, Velcro wallet.
0: Uh, Well, I haven't had Velcro for at least two years, maybe three. Um, But, yeah, I have in my wallet, I have basically just ID, debit card, credit card, student ID. I have my uh, uh, barcade pass so I don't have to pay cover when I go to this one bar. Um, But, yeah, that's about it. I don't do a lot of cash.
1: And you don't care about this either, do you?
0: Um, well, as far as the cash versus debit card goes, no, it's not really a huge deal. Um, but as far as like ordering from the food delivering app, it seems like these people are sort of missing out on a lot of stuff because like going to places and getting stuff can be pretty fun sometimes. I mean, I go to Harris Teeter probably four times a week and don't even get anything. I just go and walk around and you know say hi to people and whatever look at magazines but yeah i don't know they, these these kids especially like they're high on weed or something wouldn't it be kind of fun to go out like go to the the donut shop or whatever or get a sandwich
1: totally and these people are not it's not the greatest donut shop on the on the earth but they have their kids running around back there they're like legit sort of their their family clearly emigrated here from China or Korea, wherever they're from. Sorry that I don't know. And they um, – actually, they might be Vietnamese. God, so racist. Between you not thinking that Black Lives Matter matters and me not knowing the difference between <laughs> Vietnam, Korea, and China, we are – this is a real Me Too moment right here. So
0: – Did I send you – on a super quick tangent, did I send you the screenshot of my one Snapchat story – of the uh, Vietnamese food or the Thai food,
1: yeah, but you've been running that joke for like two years. I feel like you have to get an have to get a new one.
0: so funny though, just for the listeners who haven't seen, I took a picture of this Thai food I was eating, and I said, Thai food is probably my favorite kind of Chinese food., <laughs> uh, so you know me and Anna are uh Snapchat friends now,
1: yeah, how's that going? Is she showing you anything good?
0: She has not looked at my most recent two, or my two most recent stories, I think. One of them was really funny. It was I was in Harris Teeter and I walked by the spices, and one of them was um, miso ginger spice, like miso, like the food. And so I took a picture of it and I said, miso ginger too, <laughs> which was funny. And then another one was a squeeze. This was like a week later. It was a squeeze bottle. Max
1: has red hair. That's why that actually is funny.
0: And I took a picture of it because it says squeeze ginger. And I said, okay, but just once. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) And it's gotten a lot of, like, uh, traction. A number of people have screenshotted it and sent me a snap back saying, you know, LOL or whatever. Oh, God. Yeah.
1: All right, well, um, that, that sound wasn't for you. I was kind of just thinking about how I get so mad about the donut situation. But just to close the loop on that one... The reality people is... Gotta, they,
0: they gotta get out and, and go to the store.
1: Exactly. There's uh, like a, a fun family who owns it. Their donuts are like, you know, 75 out of 100, but it's like got linoleum counters in there and these two sisters who are both handicapped because they were so fatter in there and yet they have to have that yeah. that whole like thought to yourself like, wow, I'm eating at a place where people are so fat they're on crutches. Is that a good decision? And then, you know, they yell at they you develop, if you like, don't... the
0: weird relationships with the people who either work there or always there or it's like you sort of know them but not really and you say hi and you make kind of weird small talk and then at one point you like see them out at a bar and talk to them for half an hour and it's really weird but sort of satisfying
1: tell us about that
0: it happens constantly you know i see people that i know at harris teeter every day and it's it's weird and kind of fun
1: so get out there, millennials. Get off your app and stop clogging our streets with your multi-layered delivery mechanisms. Just go.
0: Get off your app. That's a really good saying. Yeah. You should market that.
1: Maybe that'll be a Take
0: bit. let's say that.
1: Get off your app. All right. What's going on tomorrow for spring break? Workout, keto diet. Where are you? Uh, what's the big day?
0: Um, I'll try and get up around nine. I probably won't. Um, Then go to the gym. Then go to work. There's a bunch of good movies out, so I'll probably try and go see uh, either Death Wish or uh, Red. What's that one? Red Scorpion? Red Sparrow? Oh,
1: yeah. Totally panned. Totally panned, but we're going to go see it, too.
0: Yeah. Should get movie pass. Sweet deal.
1: Yeah, tell us how movie pass is going.
0: It's really good. I've seen... uh, like three movies, I think. Oh, yeah. I'll probably go see I, Tonya also.
1: How many... Um, how many? Uh, how much money do you pay a month for that thing?
0: $10.
1: Wow. And then what's the theater? What kind of theater? Is it a good one?
0: Yeah, there's two that I go to. Um, although there's a couple other good ones in town. I don't know why I don't go to the other ones, but... You know, I kind of like to stick to my areas. Um, but, yeah, so there's two... The one, the Regal, um, they just converted all of their seats to those big reclining leather seats, which I don't really like. But other than that, um, it's a good theater. And then there's Red Cinemas, which I'm right next to right now. So I may go there. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, movie pass. As long as you go to two movies a month, it uh, pays for itself.
1: So. Well, at 10 bucks a month, I mean, one movie a month pays for itself.
0: Well, no. Then you might as well just buy the
1: ticket. It's yeah, only that's dollars. That's true. All right. Well, Max, thanks for joining us. Max the Marine, always intelligent, sometimes funny, and a little bit insane. Uh, that's yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're all rooting for you, and we hope you're rooting for us. So uh, remember, folks, other episodes on SoundCloud or iTunes or Stitcher wherever you listen. Call the landline. Leave a message five zero three eight nine four eighty four eighty um, check us out on Yelp. Email us. Check Max out on Snapchat. Remember, Max didn't want to be on the pod. He just wanted someone to talk to. Max, what's your Snapchat? Let's see if we can get you some follows.
0: Uh, Ginger eleven thirty. We said this last time. We get... got I haven't gotten much traffic yet. But... Well,
1: Anna joined. That's one. It's about the same. Yeah, but
0: that was before the pod. Before we had announced my name on the pod. Gotcha. Are you and Anna still coming down here for my birthday?
1: When is that? Pretty soon, right?
0: Yeah, end of March. Hmm.
1: What's the plan?
0: Yeah. Um, We could go to Kickback Jack's. I don't know how you like those uh, chain restaurants.
1: All right, thanks, Max. Uh, we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk tomorrow. Do a debrief. Yeah. All right. Certainly. All right, have a good night. All right, good night. Landline is hosted, written, and produced by Alex McKay.
0: The best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend. Music by the Pitchfork Revolution out of Bend, Oregon.
1: taking this show to the top, baby. Ishii, we love you. You're listening to Landline.